program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. <laughs> I'll give you a choice. I could put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. You maniacs! What is a man? When we are successful, we will be. We had a real chance with this. Do you ever wake up in the morning and just feel so depressed you feel you can't get out of bed? I don't. But don't worry, I'm here to help. I am a reptilian creature from a faraway dimension who feels virtually no emotions. And it's because I feel no emotions that I have decided to become a therapist and dedicate my life to helping you feel better. I can't wait to help you feel better. Every day, you make a choice. You either choose to look up at the sky or down at the ground. Personally, I don't see the appeal of either choice. But the molecules may last longer than the mind. Think of yourself as an alarm clock or elevator music that's about to stop playing. But at the very least, don't be like this guy. So why don't you tell me more about your life? What's been bothering you? I am a biomechanical head on a stick. Well, that's very existential. What do you want me to do about that? My suffering is unparalleled. Every day is a day I wish for death. Wow, that's a lot of days. Every day? Consecutively? But as an immortal being, I cannot die. I will never die. Well, when you think about it, we're all a little immortal, aren't we? This is a waste of time. That's a pretty ridiculous sentence for an immortal being. I'm leaving. Well, I've had a pretty productive day. I got to experience a lot of emotions today. No need to fear. Help is here. It's Behind the Schemes, episode 47 for May 31st, 2021. This is Booberry, Mothman of the Miniocalypse. Hello, and uh, all the way from somewhere in the middle of the ocean, my name is Lavish. You sound real good for being in that salt water. You know, salt water, I think, really cleans out the headphone. Very nice. Uh, if you have any gear that you have that's acting up, just throw it in the sea. And I assure you, you won't regret it. And don't forget, that's pro tips from behind the schemes. <laughs> well, I'll have a beer to that. Hell yeah. That sounded just like my therapist, by the way, if I had one. <laughs> <laughs>
she keeps telling me she's going to figure it out for me by the time I hit the bottle, bottom of the glass, but... <laughs> you said bottle. <laughs> I know. <laughs> a little bit of a Freudian slip there. Yeah, the biggest, creepiest therapist of all. Well, speaking of creepy therapist, happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, a lot of birthdays going on. I, I've always found that my... The end of May and the beginning of June, there's a ton of birthdays, so there's a lot of uh, action going on, but thank you very much. It was a big one for me, and I enjoyed it. And uh, Carolyn Blaney from Hog Story is celebrating her birthday tonight, so we want to wish her a very happy one. Mm-hmm. That's right. She's uh, so great, so awesome, and we all wish her a happy birthday. I've wished her a happy birthday multiple times. i, I got to stop doing it, but happy birthday, <laughs> Carolyn. <laughs> yeah, baby. The well wishes will continue until morale improves. <clears throat> That's correct. Uh, yeah, a lot of people, uh, fucking Joe over in Hog Story, Tom Starkweather, who makes a lot of mixes, uh... A lot of people are uh, just around here. And let's not forget the actual birthdays that we had. Illuminatia had her little one, which I haven't caught the name yet. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then the bowlers, Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean had mm-hmm. baby John, wolf pup of the of KC. That's right. Little, little John Winston. Uh yeah, I think he was born, if I'm not mistaken, he was born on the 25th or the 26th, uh, which makes him, of course, an end-of-May Gemini like myself. So welcome to the club, brother. Welcome to the club. It's a good one to be in. And then my, my father had a birthday as well, so I, I'd like to wish him a happy belated one. Just birthdays all around. It's, oh, yeah, my aunt, all kinds of people. But happy birthday, uh, Papa Booberry. Uh, for tonight's tarot card, we we got the five of pentacles, the five day deniers. Oh my! Same same deck as always, and the focus is stability. Four pentacles are loaded located at the four corners of the card. A concern is opening up to the spiritual, planetary, or cosmic aspects. This may be an industrial capitalist who invests in good, quote, clean energy for the planet, a big store that launches a new organic product line or even construction of a temple or spiritual center on the body. It may be the beginning of exercise that goes beyond simple exercise, diet change, or alternative healing methods. Mm. That one's that one's a little a little mouthy to kind of. Not mouthy. <laughs> Wrong connotation. <laughs> oh, no, I get what you're saying. It's, yeah, it's a card. Uh, it's a it's a material card. Uh, it has to do with wealth. It has to do with um, being in or out, as it were. Mm. And uh, are you in or are you out? <laughs> well, the sad thing is, is, you know, you can be both, but you're going to be at least one. Uh and yeah, it's just a matter of, of, you know, it's like a rags to riches card, uh, overwhelmed or, or, you know, you're, you're just scraping by on the basics, um, life and survival mode, you know, that sort of thing. It, it has that connotation, but then it also has the, the insinuation of overcoming that and through that tribulation, becoming wealthy, 
in, in a very special way, which is, it's a wealth that you truly had to earn. Uh, five pentacles, also known as the five of coins, but nobody really calls it the coins. Uh, pentacles is, sounds cooler, so that's what people call it. Pentacles, spectacles, chesticles. Wallet and watch. Wallet and watch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like this little paragraph Amen, here, brother. too. The, uh, often the cause of these financial problems depends on your own emotions. Greed leads to loss. Anxiety leads to error. And possessiveness leads to democracy. <laughs> possessiveness leads to democracy. I love, love democracy. I love, I, I love, I love democracy. I love democracy. Uh, Suffering leads <laughs> to the dark side. Yes. Uh, it's an affirmation. I can get through this. So if any of you are having a hard time, you know you know what it is. is it's the 31st. And uh, as, as Carb Lane just very wisely said, it is uh, bill day. It's, 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 the day. it's the day where everybody pays their rent. So. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the end of the month is definitely uh, very topical when it comes to this card. Well, speaking of paying some bills, uh, we had a couple of freaks of hazards. Some re- returning familiar faces uh, have mm. came in. Uh, we had one donation of $13.33 from Bowl After Bowl come through. Woo! Thank you, Bowl After Bowl, Sir Spencer DeLorean, and family. And I'm going to go ahead and lump in some... I, I got a couple of different pieces of karma we're going to drop for them. It's all kind of a combination for the donation and the baby and just fucking everything. Always being there. Yeah. Being fucking rad. You've got Hey, daddy. I want a diamond ring. I want some bracelets and everything. Daddy, you better get the best one. Thank you very much. Supporting. That was quite the karma. Yeah. I love it. And we also had uh, Servo come in with $5.55. Servo, my man. And I actually got another Bill Hicks for him. Excuse me. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill Hicks. I, I think I, I... Oh, sorry. You you first. I, I was just going to say to Servo, uh, Servo offered me, uh, extended an offer to me, and, and I thank him for the offer. Him, he Only him and I know what we're talking about. Hell yeah. If you want to know what we're talking about, you got to get in the chat room, people. Hashtag green room. Hashtag no agenda. Hashtag hog story. Zero node. Get on there. You're wasting your time not being on there. And you can go to our website, BehindTheSchemes.com. It's the green room tab. It'll take you right there. That's right. Uh, what else do we got? Oh, we have a bunch of new... I should have I just done it like this. Uh, instead of me saying it, how about we get... Find us at BehindTheSchemes.com with threes for ease. Or perhaps... Or loveislit.com. <laughs> I don't know what loveislit.com goes to. Loveislit.com. Go there. Check it out. Listen. Get love. Loveislit.com. Hell yeah. 
<laughs> because it is indeed lit fam. And that is a fact. Oh, and we had Sir Oma uh, send in a couple of uh, <laughs> ISOs for us. This show is behind the shim shimmas. The schemes. Behind the schemes with threes as E's. And of course, we have lavish. Could be lavash. Lavash. Could be lavash, but it could be lavish. <laughs> Sir, uh, Sir Roma has, for a long time now, for almost as long as I've been here, he, he has called me lavash. So he, I know he gets a kick when people say that. <laughs> if, if he could have his way, that'd be my name. So thank you, Sir Roma. We really appreciate those clips, my brother. Thank you. Hell yeah. And uh, I, I pulled a couple more from a grumpy old Ben's donation that I had made. Behind the squeams? Who do you think did it better? Uh, I think Darren O is the OG. I don't think anybody mispronounced it before Darren O did. So you got to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, he's but, the you know <laughs> OG propagator. I think yeah, I think Shemus is pretty goddamn funny, though. Right. Uh, <laughs> J- JCD, man. And I even fucking, I already told you this whole thing. I spelled it next to it. I said it's pronounced schemes. And it just, I don't know. It doesn't matter. He's got it. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's there's only one thing that we ever feel. Oh, fuck. You're gonna make me squeam. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, another- oh, fuck. Enough of these <laughs> enough of these shenanigans. If you want to check out our show notes for tonight's episode, you can go to zososcorner.substack.com or check out the green room. Uh, show notes are posted in the topic. <sighs> That's right. We're in the we got our IRC chat room. We will we will chat with you if you come in and you say things at us, we'll say things back. Uh, because that's the way it should be. It's the way Imagine if you could do that to the news. You're watching yeah. the news, and, and you know you could just yell at the people in the news for lying to you. <laughs> well, <laughs> congratulations, we got it. Hey, 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 Pooper, hey, hey, Pooper, fuck you, hey, Pooper, hey, Pooper, hey, Vanderbilt, hey, Anderson Vanderbilt. Anyway, oh yes, it's a beautiful day to be scheming and nice. to be getting behind the schemes. Oh, okay. So last little bit of uh, uh business i went and saw sam tripoli twice over the weekend uh mm-hmm. he was over at the mall of america and that was a pretty good time uh, i was able to get connected with a couple of uh comedians and i think it's going to be a pretty exciting summer uh so we definitely got lots of good shit in the pipeline so get excited yes sam tripoli if you don't know is a, a great comedian uh and uh you know, it's pretty popular these days. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, very yeah. exciting to get him coming in. Well, not Sam yet, but uh, we are talking with one of his co-hosts. Um, but this was uh, other comedians that were there checking the show out. Mm. Um, and I, I should have said this. Sam is from the Tinfoil Hat podcast, which mm. is which is yes. something I've listened to for a long, long time. So it's good stuff. The Tinfoil Hat Podcast, which uh, I imagine covers similar subject matter. Yes, uh, they are definitely more guest-based. Every guest episode, based. yeah, every episode ha- features uh, a 
you know, there was a long time where I had kind of stepped away from it because so much of the talking points flowed the same way episode after episode. And it's just, and he's gotten, Sam has gotten called out for it before from, from his listeners, the swarm. Uh, but he, he just, he has a tendency in his past to just railroad guests and, and had the same talking points for a long time. But, uh, well, that's no fun. I will say his recent uh, appearance on OBDM, I was checking that out and I was like, oh, fuck, Sam's got that fire back. And uh, I've been listening to it ever since then. And it's just like being back at home. It's <laughs> mm. mm. good stuff. Oh, OK. Last thing. Call our scream line. 612-263-7999. Yeah, can I just go on the record and say we have the best phone number ever. It's so easy to remember, so easy to dial. I just dialed it a little while ago, and it's easy. Oh, my God, my thumbs thanked me. There's just, there's just barely anything. 612-263-7999 or 612-263-SEXY because it's fucking sexy number, baby. It's a sexy number. S-X-X-Y. SXXY baby. Speaking of seven nine nine nine, you know it's got the six 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 in there. <laughs> <laughs> reverse, reverse. <laughs> All of our uh, freaks of hazards numbers are great. Uh, Thirteen thirty three and five five five. We we love our numerology around here, so thank you. And we actually have one in the uh, chamber. If you want to start us out, oh, I would love. Yes, absolutely. Let's do this. Yeah. Oh, so sexy. Guys are so sexy. I just came, but I won't tell you where. Oh, this freak just came everywhere in the green room. Oh, sticky. No, oh, no. my God. Oh. I Jesus mean, Christ. Not, I mean, not out, yeah. of, not out of the realm of possibility. 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 <laughs> That's very correct. You don't want to. I know that there's people listening to the show that maybe, you know, have a certain sensibility, but just if you got a black light, just don't bring it to the green room. Uh, that's awkward. Just leave it at home. I might have installed one. Well. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That's not possible. Wow. God, fuck that. That is fucking... It has to be possible. Holy God. I I didn't have to have a drink after that. That is fucking incredible. <laughs> yeah. Jesus that, Christ. Uh, I'm, I'm a little apologetic now for... <laughs> I've been talking about it. I was like, I, I, I know, was threatening I, to do it. I opened the can. You, you, have, you cannot blame yourself. It's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Shit. Well, uh, yeah, I feel good now. <laughs> you know what? Let's let's get into a clip. Let's do some. I got some sh- jab shit to start us off with. Yes. All right. Let's do. I'm make this video for you because I uh, had to video it so that you'll believe me. Because frankly, I didn't believe it myself. So here's a brand new, sealed, perfectly sealed, brand new box of the J and J vaccine. See here, I'm going to break this open. And perfectly on top is this perfectly normal 
package insert. She's got a black light going too. Yeah, I will say I will say that she is going through the process of uh, punching the box in and breaking the seal and all that shit. I don't know which pharmacy she's working at. Um, there's and this is a vaccine from where? J and J. J and J. Okay. Yep. It's a lot of safety and efficacy data. In fact, all of the normal information that we would find in a package insert, like the uh, ingredients, that would all be found right here in this package insert. Must be magic. It's all blank. The whole thing. Except for this part. It's a little QR code. That's the only thing not blank. Some website. Are you kidding me? QR code 666. Dude, this piece of paper that she pulls out, it ends up being like fucking three and a half by four feet big. It's it's huge. <laughs> And it's all rolled up super tight, and when you unfold it, uh, I should have put pictures in the in the notes, but the video is linked. Uh, yeah, it's all wad, not wadded, but it's rolled up real tight, and it, and it's like a packing uh, material for the the glass files. And when she when she does the first fold, uh, unfold, shows the QR code, and then she just keeps unfolding it, keeps unfolding it, and keeps unfolding it. <laughs> pretty funny so, video. So. Sorry, I'm just I'm just trying to because I I'm not seeing it, so I'm trying to get what's going on. So so she's got a package of this vaccine. It's balled up in this paper. She unballs the paper, and there's a QR code in the paper. Yes. So it's the and, uh, it's the data safety and data sheet for the vaccine. Oh, I see. I see. It's a safety and data sheet. Okay. And it's also doubling as like the top layer of packing material to protect the glass vials. Oh, so it's just a piece of shit packing job. Yeah, and it, it's it's rolled super tight, and she just it it's so big. It's it's more of a climate change travesty for wasting that much paper. For oh, I know. <laughs> and the, it, and was really the paper big. white? Yes, was the paper white? The oh paper my was god, white. that's racist too. It's fucked up. That's, uh, that's really fucked up. Another fucked up thing. It. From Reuters, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration said on Tuesday it may decline to review and process new emergency use authorization requests for COVID-19 vaccines for the rest of the pandemic if a company has not already began discussions. So it's going to decline review. Apparently, AstraZeneca is saying... They're they're already saying now nah, we're going to skip on this one because we want to pursue the more time intensive application for a full fledged license to sell the shot. Mm-hmm. So they're actually taking the high road. They're saying, look, we're going to get this approved by the right authorities in the right way. The FDA essentially is we're gonna we're gonna do it without non emergency. We're gonna do it with non emergency authorization, which is what all the vaccines now. If you don't know, they're all not approved by the FDA. They are approved through emergency authorization, which really means nothing. I mean, they're they're coming up with this shit as they go along, and the rules are made up 
as they go along. So this is all everything's made up, and the points don't matter. That's right. Whose vax is it anyway? (laughs) (laughs) I need a sticky note jingle now. Uh, well, that's God. terrifying. Uh, well, that's good for them, though. They, I feel like they get shit on the most in America, anyway. At least where I'm at. AstraZeneca. Yeah, it, it, it kind of it adds, you know, whatever that tick mark means. It puts one on my book, I suppose, for AstraZeneca. I mean, it's, still, it's, it came. If I was really wanting to, I guess I could do Johnson and Johnson, but I still don't want to. So. I don't trust Johnson Johnson or Pfizer, which are the two main companies that everyone talks about all the time, and then Moderna. But Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson are two of the fucking most evil companies on the planet. Why would I? Why would anybody want to consider that without actually looking into it, research, having the FDA approval at the very least? And it's not. I'm not a big fan of the FDA to begin with, you know. And if they don't even have that. Well, shit, what are we doing here? But that's my two cents. My favorite, favorite, favorite flavor of baby formula. <laughs> no, I'm when sorry. I, was it, was it the, uh, it's baby powder, baby powder uh, and baby formula. They fuck both those things up. Ugh, I just, yeah, I'm fixing this baby powder as best as I can. <laughs> you know, if you have a baby and you need a little uh, patchwork on your drywall, hey, guess what? We have an all-in-one solution for you. Uh, it's really, really nice. Did you ever? Do, I know we. I think we've talked about this, but did you ever watch the documentary that was made by the Johnson and Johnson heir? Uh, who was a young man who was, you know, just a total. You know, he's a son of of the family. And um, have you ever seen this? I have not. Oh, man. I would recommend this to anyone and everyone. I I don't forget. I don't remember exactly what it was called, uh, the name of the documentary, but it was made by an heir of Johnson & Johnson who, when he was about, like, I want to say just out of high school, he went and filmed his community. And he he went around, he filmed this really, like, high-end, posh, you know, New England neighborhood that he grew up in where there's just the richest of the rich. You've got all of the most, uh, oh, you got it already? Yep. Born rich. Born rich. So Jamie Johnson goes, and Jamie Johnson's the fucking man. He goes, he interviews Ivanka Trump. He interviews a Bloomberg, uh, uh, you know, a Bloomberg heiress and all these, all these people that are are just, you know, the new house, Errors from Newhouse Coffee and all kinds of shit. And his whole thing is he's having this crisis of, of conscience because he doesn't have to work for a living. And he, no, none of his friends do. He, he's grown up in this completely isolated community where all he has to do is just find hobbies and knickknacks to pass the time. And he shows his father, who's a painter, and he does all this stuff. But his whole family, all they do is they just hang around the house and and do little hobbies and chores and shit. And he himself has this has this sort of like 
crisis where he comes of age and he realizes that he feels useless. And, and he's trying to go around. He's trying to figure out what he's supposed to do. Is he supposed to have a job? Is he supposed to provide? You know, is he, what is his what is his purpose in life other than to just sit around and be pampered by the wealth that, you know, his family has provided him of people that have been long dead. And uh, all of his family is just living high on the hog. It's a, it's a fascinating documentary with a great insider take from one of the uh, American royalty families. And I would highly recommend it uh, to anyone. Uh, l- let me just find the thing again. It is Born Rich. It was made in 2003 by oh, Jamie wow. Johnson. So it's it's definitely, I mean, Ivanka Trump is in it, and she's like, you know, so young. She's probably in her early 20s in this movie. So I would highly recommend it. And everybody gets bugged at this guy. He goes around, he films all these people, he's at, he asks all these questions, and everybody he interacts with goes, dude, why don't you just go home and enjoy your rich life and just fucking mind your own business? And and that, that it's, it brings up a lot of interesting fucking philosophical questions, you know, about what what it is that we talk about all the time, which is the elites. That's our thing. We talk about how the uber rich make a game out of out of fucking with all of our lives collectively mine yours everybody who's listening to this podcast and everyone who isn't listening the elites do this and it's a great insight as into the actual day-to-day life of these people so rant over i will have to check that out i have not heard of this before yeah i was buried for sure hmm well, shit. Uh, well, shit. Well, shit. Uh, here's here's one that gets me seething. <laughs> I love this one. This one's good. A concert promoter in Florida came up with a creative way to encourage his community to get vaccinated by offering $18 discounted tickets to an upcoming show for those who have been vaccinated and charging $999.99 per ticket for those who have not. He's quoted as saying, I also wanted wanted it to be a vaccine drive to get the fence setters off of the fence. I wanted to get the kids that want to go to shows to go out and get their shots, he told ABC News. And it was for a performance of three punk rock bands, Teenage Bottle Rocket, Make War, and Rudderkin. I don't know those last two. I barely know Teenage Bottle Rocket. Yeah, that's that's a popular one. Uh, yeah, what do you think? You think that worked out for him? Uh, well, some 250 discounted tickets for vaccinated patrons are for sale compared to the just $4,000 tickets. So far, Williams said no one has bought any of the $1,000 tickets. So my guess is he should probably raise the price even more and then sell them as an NFT. Ah, yeah. he's going about this all in the wrong ways. See, Booberry, this is why you, you see, these are the big ideas here. Uh, to care about people being safe is very bad, apparently, because uh, <clears throat> he received a little, some negative comments. He got a, however, from a slew of anti-vaxxers who said he'd obtained, uh, he said obtained his phone number and had been inundating him with spam messages. That's why he said to care about people being safe is very bad, apparently. 
And he what he didn't expect this. I'm sure he did this for publicity. Yeah. You can you, <laughs> you can buy a full price ticket and you'll be treated like everybody else. Holy fuck. I, you wow. know, I just I don't think we're going to see it to this extreme of $1000. I hope this is just a flash in the pan. But that medical privilege is going to rear its ugly ass head in entertainment. Just just fucking wait. Well, if this goes to some real some real big concerts. I mean, this is just a little punk show in Florida, but I mean, punk. like say, say that, uh, I know a punk show of all things, of all things. I think that you should, if you're vaccinated, you're not to allowed at a punk show. That's what I think. Uh, <laughs> but you know, imagine them doing this for like a huge concert, like Eric Clapton, say Eric Clapton goes on tour and it's like selling out arenas all over the country. You know, they can't pull this fucking move. They would get sued to oblivion. I mean, this only works because this guy's nobody. So it's, and it, and it also seems desperate too. Don't you think? I think it, I think we have to keep our eyes on the promoters and the producers. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much of the talent's actually going to have a say. Cause it's, it's always the producers and promoters that, are, that call the shots. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's their fucking uh, dog and pony show, donkey and pony show. Sorry, it's always their donkey show. It's a donkey show with those guys for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, maybe maybe not. I hope not. It is it is maybe just ridiculous enough. Yeah, it's just so bizarre. I just it's still it's the basic question, the basic rational question. If you're vaccinated then technically shouldn't you just not worry about it anymore? Well, taken care of, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna worry about it. Cause I'm going to buy myself one of Matthew Perry's new coronavirus vaccination t-shirts that says, could I be any more vaccinated? Could I be any more vaccinated? <laughs> uh, and there's a couple little funny blurbs about Matthew Perry's new t-shirt line. I included it in the notes. I don't care enough to get deep into it. Yeah, they had their little reunion special, and yeah. you yeah. know they pushed some shit, and it's like whatever. What did you expect? Poor guy's been struggling with substance abuse for decades, and just fucking buy his t-shirt and leave him alone. <laughs> yeah, and and when you go to buy his t-shirt, always remember that smells funky as hell, Mister Boo Boo. Funky as hell. <laughs> I see that his at on Twitter is Matt Perry four. Who are the first three? doesn't matter. We don't have to talk about that. Fuck this guy. Uh, <laughs> These are not you know. the schemes you are looking for. How many times do you think at rehab that somebody looked him in the eye and went, you know what? No one told you life was going to be this way. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matt Perry. Here we go. All right. Uh, next up, do you want to hear about these zombie fires, or do you want to go through this article about zombie fires? Because zombie fires—it's the newest, hippest, scariest motherfucker coming to kill us all. Yes, apparently uh, they're they're crossing genres now. Because uh, as we know, reality 
through the media has become nothing more than fan fiction. So now they have decided to combine genres of fan fiction uh, with zombie fires. Uh, I think uh, listen, we can hear it. Let's hear it. We'll hear it. Uh, I forget. I, uh, I don't remember. I, I'll have to figure out who this was from. Climate change has caused more severe and dangerous wildfires all over the world. Just last week, the Loma Fire in Santa Barbara, California, triggered evacuations and burned through hundreds of acres. The fire is now mostly contained, but scientists say that some wildfires never completely go away. A new study found so-called zombie fires in far northern forests only hibernate during the winter. These fires are able to smolder underground during the coldest months until they can visibly reappear. These so-called zombie fires are not common right now, but scientists predict that they may become more frequent as the climate continues to change. For more, I want to bring in Randy Jant. Randy is a fire ecologist with the Alaska Fire Science Consortium based at the University of Alaska Fairbanks. Thank you for being here. You know, people are going to hear this phrase zombie fires and really want to know more. So let's just start off by having you explain how are these zombie fires able to survive throughout the winter? Now, do you think that this is a new happenstance or something that's been around for a while? Uh, I live in a state where there are a lot of fires and, uh, the idea of a zombie fire has never been introduced to me. Uh, I mean, the idea of a, of a, of a fire that, that the inherent source of the fire lays dormant, I think, I don't know. This is how I'm hearing it. It's like, you could have put this fire out four months ago, but because you didn't, it stayed there. And then some, I I don't know. It's fucking bizarre. It's very, (laughs) well, as we're about to hear, it sounds like it, it fucking embeds itself into the, uh, uh, like the peat layer, um, not topsoil, but whatever the next layer down is. Well, um, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting phenomenon. Um, the Alaska Fire Management Agencies had been noticing a few more instances of uh, fires. Uh, holding over uh, even through the winter, firefighters have always had to contend with holdover fires, you know, uh, where fires burn deep into a fuel like the pile of debris in your backyard and they appear to be out. Maybe there's not even any smoke, but there's heat holding inside, just waiting for the surface to dry out and then warm up enough again for flaming combustion. And so a deep fire in Alaska, like the picture there, may, may actually burn the roots out under the trees. So all the trees are just laying on the ground and that fire has gone deep into the uh, duff, the peat-like uh, duff material and is holding in there. And sometimes as our fire seasons get longer in the north and the winters get shorter, they can actually hold down in this peaty material and uh, all winter. So we had been noticing a few more of these type of phenomenon uh, in the 2000s, really. If you'd asked me about zombie fires in the 1990s, I was working in Alaska, I would said they happen once in a blue moon. Uh, You know, I wrote a little story about a zombie fire in 1942 on our uh, Alaska Fire Science Consortium blog that gobbled up 300,000 acres, but, you know, I would have said it's a rare event without much significance. It's fucking weird. 
Yeah. Uh, I guess I, I don't know enough about it. Uh, uh so, so the the fire happens. The trees kind of get, and then it gets cold, and the fire goes underground into a peaty uh, material that then embers for months. And then when it gets hot again, the embers are then allowed to grow back out into the exterior and then start new fires. That's the that's the hypothesis here, and. I mean, the fire has to consume something. It has to have oxygen. It has to have material to burn. So is all that oxygen and material just underground? It just stays there? I guess I guess what I really want to know is, was it something that was happening before there were scientists going up there and taking tests, well before the modern age? Like, how, how much of this, is this a part of the landscape that's meant to happen or... Is it getting worse? I mean, uh, I mean the, the whole thing, I, I will say the, the rest of the clip is mostly just climate change, uh, war propaganda. drum fashion. Yeah. 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 I mean, fucking, you know, you've heard of swamp gas and obviously there are natural pockets of flammable material that exist in the earth. You know, it's, there's all kinds of things that are in the earth that can set on fire. It doesn't necessarily mean that the fire is just going to be coolly burning for months on end. It could be, maybe, I don't know. But. Well, what's that Pennsylvania town where they set a coal mine on fire and it's still going? Yeah, I mean, sure. Or like uh, an oil rig or, you know, all kinds of stuff. But this it seems strange. Maybe it's just because they call it a zombie fire. It sounds ridiculous. If they called it something scientific, then we'd be <laughs> having a different conversation. Yeah, and the fucking articles are... Uh... You know, making all sorts of Walking Dead uh, references. Rick, yeah. Rick, name drop Rick Grimes in there. Grimy, as his friends knew him. Oh, oh my. <laughs> nah, man. We got plenty of uh, fires around here, and it's it's fascinating. You could, you, I should write a thousand and one ways that people have claimed that fires have started in California. From electrical to natural to whatever. Arson. Gender reveals. Gender reveals. Car accidents. Cigarette butts. Uh, you know, burning ants with a magnifying glass. All Lightning of strikes. Shit. Of course. Well, that, that would happen if there was any rain here. Mm. But, uh, but then again, maybe not. I mean, you don't need rain for lightning, but... You know what I mean? I do gotcha. Um, Got me. I do. I do want to know your opinion on this. For the sweet, low, low price of how much was it? Eighty nine ninety nine. Lavish. Do you give up your DNA to send it to the moon encased in amber? Oh my god. Life Ships DNA Kit comes, this is not an advertisement, comes with everything you need to collect and return your DNA sample easily. Your genetic code will be extracted and preserved in synthetic amber. It's stored in a time capsule with the DNA of other humans, plus the DNA of various plants and animal species, and an archive of human knowledge. 
It's going to get sent to the moon on a lunar lander shared with NASA missions. You can preserve your genes, watch the live launch, inspiring, seamless experience. Your DNA is safe. And email updates through the, showing the steps of the mission. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, saliva collection swab. Okay. That's, that's all they want, saliva? Yep. Because I can give them more. Uh, <laughs> uh, thick? Thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can save up, you know. Go out into the wilderness for two weeks, come back. All right, I'm ready. I will um, populate the entirety of the moon. Oh, <laughs> uh, for eighty nine ninety nine. Well, if they could just lower that by twenty dollars, it would be a no brainer. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, I could see that. And I think that if you lowered it down to sixty nine ninety nine, not only would you get human DNA, you'd probably get some rat DNA coming up there too. Which it's got to be rats everywhere, even on the moon, right? Uh wow yeah, in, in amber of course. I'm Which curious. Is, I'm curious what the uh, collective of human knowledge is that they're dropping in there. I mean, they have to at least put in a Blu-ray copy of Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> Encapsulated in amber to to last for millions of years. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I have to say, the amber thing is what gets me, because I'm a, I'm a sucker for Jurassic Park. If they're really going to make me dino DNA myself to, to the moon, you know, I'm interested. You've piqued my interest. Well, uh, I it kind of reminds me of a really expensive version of the State Fair saliva collection events. Because they can't a really... state fair saliva collection. What is the a state fair saliva collection event? So you know when you can go to a state fair and you can spit in the tubes and they'll extract your DNA out of it, and you walk around with this little necklace. I no. think, yeah, I think that they they siphon off a little to themselves and are just like, oh, we're gonna you know get these. It's like collected area DNA samples. We don't need fucking mm-hmm. names. We just want to see the shit. And they pull a little a little for me, a little for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Oh, this pen. These guys do everything they can to get DNA. They're desperate. Yeah. No doubt. I need a new pen. Fuck this shit. You gotta go to Penn Island. Let me get myself a Sharpie. Yeah. Fuck with oh, me. Sharpie. Fuck with me now. You can't. Can't fuck. Can't do <laughs> you know, shit, permanent motherfucker. There's just really desperate times when you got to write stuff like dino, dino DNA myself. <laughs> 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 you got to write that shit down. Oh, did I tell you about my, my COVID test experience with my flight that I just took? Uh-oh. You did not. Okay. So... So to, I just flew somewhere for my birthday, and in order to fly somewhere, I had to take a test before and after the flight. And before the flight, they send you the test kit in the mail. They, they give it to you by UPS. So I do the test, and I send it to them, and they're like, no, no, no. 
you, we're, you have to zoom in, and we have to watch you do the test. So they send me another test. <laughs> so I zoom in, and I do the test. It's a, it's a simple swab. It's not, you know, you're not deep-throating any Q-tips. You're just, you're just doing a quick swab in both nose, whatever, in both nostrils. You zoom in, the guy watches you do it, and then you mail it to them. And then they approve it, like the day that you get on the flight, they approve it. You know, they make it as soon as possible. And then they say hey, that as soon as you get off the flight, you have to test again. Well, they give me a wristband as if I'm going to like a rock concert or something. And I get on the flight and then I get off the flight when I get there. And they're like, oh, you have a wristband? Oh, you don't have to test again. And I'm like, what? That's great. But what? What's going on? <laughs> what, you, what the fuck is wrong with you people? What's going on? It's just so complicated. Yeah, everything's so dumb. But you don't think that they don't have my nostril DNA somewhere? You know they do. And I know that they put some shit in my nose when I put that thing up there. I don't know what it was, but they put something up there. Yeah, I'm definitely of that uh <sighs> definitely of that mindset. You know, it's uh <laughs> how could you not suck up all this data? You'd be a fool not to. Oh. It almost seems like that's why they're doing it to begin with. When you think of it from that angle, a lot more things make sense. Yeah. That's so why uh, we're doing all this. That Peter McCullough, that fucking getting marked, son. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I can I can fucking I can fuck with that. Yeah. I sometimes I just wonder if I were Bill Gates, what would I do? You know? Um But as far fuck, as human get DNA. The fuck the, to Greece. <laughs> get the fuck to Greece. Yeah. <laughs> what, what does that mean? What? You can be bunk buddies with uh, Tom Hanks. Ah. Trust me. Tom Hanks would love that. <laughs> if you want a DNA sample, all you have to do is go to the green room. We've got plenty of them. I almost turned the light back on, but I'm still kind of recovering. Please don't. I'm still still fucking that was so no let's well no no anyway we'll, we'll <laughs> let's move on <laughs> i got uh two more articles that we can go through here before we look at an intermission um sorry that was three uh microsoft president orwell's 1984 could happen in 2024 this is a little interesting article it's in our show notes check it out but uh here's some highlights uh, he, he does say it could come past to, in 2024. He warns of China's increasing use of AI to monitor, monitor its citizens. Critics fear the state's dominance in the area could threaten democracy. Quote, if we don't enact the laws that protect the public in the future, we are going to find the technology racing ahead. and It's going to be very difficult to catch up. And he's constantly reminded of Orwell's lessons in his book, 1984. It's a fundamental story. It was about a government who could see everything uh, that everyone was doing and hear everything that every, everyone said all the time. Well, that didn't come to pass in 1984. But if we're not careful, that could come pa to pass in 2024. Okay. This is the president of Microsoft saying this. Yeah. The guy who we're talking about. Bill Gates' butt buddy here, okay? Yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, gosh, you ever heard of this book, 1984? Well, that didn't come to pass, but if we're not careful, get fucked, bro. <laughs> get, 
the get double fucked. The one thing that I was definitely thinking about, and I should have pulled the clip, but it's that uh, World Economic Forum top new jobs of 2030, and it was the Alexa placement. Because if you remember in 1984, Winston. He had to strategically figure out where the blind spots of the fucking TVs are. So -hmm. that tells me that someone came in and fucking tailored that telescreen to the the fucking specifications of the room to get the best outcome of Mm -hmm. monitoring. Mm -hmm. So it was it was just very 1984. I actually got a fucking idea for in in the end of show mix for that whole little segment. So stay tuned for that one. Feeling pretty good. It's dirty. Uh, I mean, your phone does it for you. No matter what, even if you don't have Alexa, which of course I don't. Why would I ever fucking get that thing? But my phone does that. My phone's listening to me right now. I'm looking at it. I mean, I just know this thing's fucking listening to me. But no, I'm taking I, pictures and. But this is this is a little different because it's a person coming in to optimize the performance of a listening device. Mm-hmm. So we have the one that we carry around in our pocket all the time, and we're touching while we're pooping. But this is like, oh, like you're gonna have the top of the line in-house surveillance. Mm-hmm. Not a corner, not a recess, not a crevice will go unwatched. Yeah. Which is something that Orwell didn't understand that, <laughs> you know, he, he was literally just thinking about cameras. That's all he, you know, and not like the advanced tech that we have now where they can map things out with audio and all kinds of shit. You basically use radar, just pin the whole place. Hmm. Uh, there was a interesting statistic in here. Statistic: fifty-four percent of the world's seven uh, seven hundred and seventy million CCTV cameras are in China, according to Comparatech. So, ha- over half of the world's closed-circuit television cameras, which is privately private security cameras, are in China. Yeah, there's a project that they go into talking about. I think that might deserve its own uh, episode. Project Maven used machine learning to distinguish people and objects in drone videos. Hello, they live. Mm-hmm. The greatest documentary of all time. Yep. Maven at the time was a way of replacing human eyes by automatic vision for the drone footage that was being used in the various Arab uh, conflicts, uh, this doctor said. I viewed that technology, that use of the technology as a net positive for the national security and the greater good for Google. Sorry, I misread that. A uh, good partnership for Google. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a software engineer who resigned in 2018 saying Google should not be involved in the business of war. I kind of felt like I had blood on my hands. On my hands. Yeah, you think? Jesus. Well, I can't believe these people that work for these companies that are like, oh, I'm the good guy. What are you yeah. talking about? Google's thanks, great. Thanks for letting us know. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, all right. This one, this is the last story we'll talk about here for the first, second half of show. Absurd new third eye wearable watches the world. Oh, so wait, you can. Hold on. Sorry, before you go, we're talking about. Did you bring up Eric Schmidt? 
Wait, who what? Eric Schmidt, the former Google chief executive, who is now the chair of the U.S. National Security Commission on Artificial Intelligence. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. It's 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 in the notes. Uh, Eric Schmidt, if you don't know, he's a C, uh, you know he's basically like a CEO or a, an executive of Google, and now he's running the uh, the NSC on AI. Uh, we won't go into this whole thing, but I just want to say that this man, I posted a picture on No Agenda Social, I think two days ago, of him, Jeff Bezos, and Ghislaine Maxwell hanging out at a party. So oh, yeah, there you go. That's all I had to say about that. I I did miss that. Thank you for for catching that. If you send that picture, I'll throw it in with the uh, notes right here. I'll throw it up. Yeah, I'll throw it up right now. I'll find it. Um, yeah, he he's quoted as saying as well. We're in a geopolitical strategic conflict with China. The way to win is to marshal our resources together to have national and global strategies for the democracies to win in AI. If we don't, we'll be looking at a future. Uh, where other values will be imposed on us. Um, indeed. Some strange values, indeed. I have posted the picture in the green room. Or the No Agenda Social link. And uh, the last story, this is just a funny fucking picture. <laughs> Do Isn't you... it a great picture? Why don't you take this one? <laughs> What's that? This next uh, article? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So there's an absurd new third eye wearable watch. Um, a wearable watch is the world so you can stare at your phone. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. I see. Is You get a third eye so that you can you stare at your phone. Uh, Peng, company Peng, wants to put a Cyclops-like extra eye in the center of your forehead. Um a literal eye, like a tennis ball-sized <laughs> eye of tech gadgetry. It looks like fucking stupid Doctor <laughs> Who shit. But yes, yeah, it, it specifically <laughs> says stitched onto a creature costume in a classic episode of 70s era Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this thing, you put a little corded eyeball on your forehead so that it warns you about things while you're looking, while you're distracted by <laughs> your phone. <laughs> These days, quote, these days, many people walk looking at their smartphones on the street, Pang said, who is born in South Korea but is currently studying in the Innovation Design Engineering Master's Program at UK's, in United Kingdom's Imperial College, London. We all love the Imperial College. They're the ones that gave us, I believe, the uh, <laughs> those charts that led to all this COVID craziness in the first place, but I could be wrong. I have to oh, the check. two million. The two million dead in however many time. Two That's months. Imperial College. Yeah, two, two months. months. Uh, worst case scenario, two million dead in two months. Um, which is, of course, absurd. It is now in retrospect. Uh, but anyway, the Imperial College. Uh, even if there is a dangerous obstacle in front of you or a car that comes from behind, oh, well, then these people that are looking at their phones, they don't realize it. And we call these people uh, smombies, which yeah. means a smartphone plus a zombie. <laughs> I don't know now, which one. I I don't know which one I like better: Smombies or zombie fires. Zombie fires. Smombie, I definitely don't like. 
That's somebody came up with that really not high. That's like a funny joke that somebody came up with that they thought was funny when they weren't high. So I don't approve. Um, so who's this Pang? Is this a Korean person who invented this? Pink Pang. I be- yes, I believe so. And uh, one of the other applications that they were talking about was introducing it to blind communities. Uh, but at the same point, all I could think of was the weekend that Pokemon Go dropped. And holy oh shit, dude. It was something kind of out of the Smombie apocalypse. I mean, holy fuck. Yeah. That was the that was the most stereotypical. Nobody was looking where they were going. Everybody was looking at their phones everywhere. People were getting into accidents. People were walking into poles and off of shit. It was an epidemic. And a see, real one. <laughs> and this is where the third eye, uh, the wearable third eye, would come into play. It's uh, it's powered by Arduino and kitted out with a gyro sensor that measures when a person is tilting their head and adjusts accordingly. The ultrasonic sensor is able to detect when an obstacle appears in front of the walker and then buzzes them to say as much. Zzz. Jesus. So it gives you a little tickle in your pickle. <laughs> and then you, <laughs> oh, okay, great. Tickle, tickle, you got an obstacle. You got an obstacle. <laughs> this reminds me of all these commercials I've been seeing lately of a of a certain product by a certain evil company that I've already brought up during this episode where the commercial is the guy gets in a car accident and and he's like, "Wow. Thank God my such and such phone was there to uh tell me that I was in an accident. You've been in an accident." And that was the commercial. It was like you had to have your phone tell you you were in a car accident. Thank goodness. That is, that's how they came up. So it's like, oh, okay. Sir, have you been in a car accident? Uh, are you okay? I don't know. My phone's dead. I can't tell you. I, what is, what's going on? Why can't people just do things anymore? You don't need a phone to fucking tell you everything about everything all the time. Hey, that's why I drive a, a, a manual because I want that. I, I want to have to do it. Oh, you know what I'm saying? You're a true OG. <laughs> you can't even smoke cigarettes while you drive. You got to be you got to be handling that motherfucker. What? Literally what? <laughs> <laughs> Mothman's got nards. I just wanted to hear your reaction to me saying that. That's all. <laughs> lordy lordy. Oh, that's fucking terrifying. This also reminds me of Forget, uh, forgive me, I'm going to the esoteric, but it reminds me of the crown chakra. Well, like an artificial one for sure. Yeah. So you're, you're blocking your, your, um, I don't know if it's the crown chakra, but it's the, the four, whatever the, the second to top one is that's in your forehead. Well, that would, that would be your third eye. Third eye. So they're giving you an artificial fake third eye, which blocks your real third eye. You know what I mean? Yep. I agree. It's pretty nutty stuff. I mean, I I definitely, I, I do think that there is uh, beneficial sides to it because I was seeing other stuff where it was being used in uh, applications to help blind folks. 
but this article is so much funnier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, that's anything to help the blind is, is always a good thing. No but I could that. see, I could see this happening with fucking augmented VR glasses or some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you can't fucking boil that frog alive, but let's start turning that dial up. Let's, let's bring VR onto the streets in a big way. This is fucking Pokemon. Go, go, go to the moon. Mm-hmm. We that's if anything has taught us in the last two or three years, it's that all of the most insidious shit is being pushed in the name of helping people, and that's how they get it through. No doubt. Um. So looking ahead for a second second half of show, I have two paths we could take. The first path is pretty uh, fucking depressing. It would be a hard listen. Viewer discretion definitely advised. But it's something that I just found out very recently. It's very uh, troublesome to say the absolute least. Uh, Or we could go something a little weird and it's a more familiar topic. Two things are. First one in Canada, there was a school, a residential school that they had discovered a mass grave of about 215 children on the property. And the second one is China has created their very own artificial sun and broke a world record. Hmm. I really love both these topics. Um, well, obviously we love the China sun and the artificial sun and all that's great. Uh, that'll always be a winner. Uh, I I am part Native American, so I I love to inform people about atrocities against Native Americans. And it is the anniversary, uh, the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre. So I think that it might be topical if we go down that road. For sure. And I have a series of clips. It's a... Uh... Most of them, some of them deal with the news story that just happened, but a lot of them are testimonies, some from this very school, uh, Kamloops, which I'm also blanking Mm. where it is, but I'll check it in the notes. Um, Uh, Well, I guess the China thing would probably be more palatable. No, I want to, I want to do, I want to do this. I want to do this fucking school. Okay. Yeah, I, I think we should. We can always save the China stuff uh, or the second sun stuff because um, some of it's kind of, you know, hitting, hitting the hitting the I had some of those moments. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, I got a baller fucking intermission. This one's 11 nice. minutes. Uh, let me get that list up. So because I want to I want to read off this first band if I can remember who it was. For a spin, for a spin. Uh, this was. Oh, here we go. This song is cool. Well, um, uh, shut up. That was the wrong one. <laughs> Round two. Uh, here we go. We got dynamite, dynamite cat, dynamite tonight. Dino DNA. Thank you. 
out of my shirt. absolute control and that's why we're just out here doing simple things pointing out that we're meant to be in nature and be natural and this is where we find the source that god made to transcend the new world order and that's why they want to try to keep us out of it i'm angry i've had enough of these people little bones of christian murder scum they're on giant death factories keeping babies alive Selling their body parts What more do you need to know about these people? I go out and face this scum They literally crawl out from under rocks They have green looking skin And they run around screaming We love Satan, we want to eat babies I have them on video Hillary's in the creepy weird six stuff man Sleeps in the same room with that creepy weirdo woman whose mother wears a hood over her head. That woman number one is ugly. Imagine how bad she smells, man. I'm told her and Obama just stink. Obama and Hillary both smell like sulfur. Vampire pot, then the goblins hobbling round, coming after us. My spirit gets close to that evil, and I feel it go. Ah, 
themselves rising up against us. Millions of pointed people of the very worst type, and I'm so pissed. We're gonna steal your daughter at the mall. Uh, excuse me, it's been brought to my attention that a few bad apples out there are smoking marijuana. Uh, I've got news for you, my friend. Marijuana's illegal, not cool. All right, then. Establishment, establishment, you always know what's best. Yes, sir, learn the rules. show you how to print money all right first thing you're gonna need is a white sheet of paper doesn't matter how much just make sure it's white <laughs> not to be racist then you're gonna put it in the paper tray just like that oh make sure this thing is in all the way that's important <laughs> all right then you're gonna want to grab your money which is all on my phone and start printing. Now we wait, because it's 2021. Oh. Here we go. Printing our money. Wow, look at that. One V-Buck, just for you. You can spend it on Fortnite. Don't you love Fortnite? There you go. Just gotta tell you something. I'm missing my heart is filled with pain. When it comes to love, we don't feel the same.
Well, we're back. That was the Zombie Dandies with Lunacy. I really like that song. I really like that band. They're on the free music archive. Check them out. I got all their music listed. Download them. Very good stuff. Very good. Uh, the other tune that we had in there was the Irma Louise with Dry Bones. And some other weird shit that's always featured in our show notes. I will say the cool thing about our show notes, if you hit that subscribe button, they'll get emailed out to you every week. It's a nice little reminder to uh, something, something that sounds really cool. <laughs> it's a nice reminder to subscribe. I'm telling you, these show notes are fucking gold, okay? The, no one else has show notes quite like these show notes, except maybe John C. Dvorak himself. Uh, I I really don't even think Adam's notes are this clean. So, good good shit, man. Always very happy with the notes. Well, thank you, thank you. And uh, this is something I meant to throw out at the beginning of the episode, but if you are listening to us on Apple Podcast. Don't <laughs> don't don't do that. Get get the fuck off of Apple Podcasts. That shit sucks. Go to what is it? Newpodcastapps.com. Uh check one of them out. I'm still kind of currently between Sphinx and Overcast, but I'm probably going to migrate to Breeze by the end of the week. That's my plans at least. Start streaming sats full time. Mm-hmm. So is that similar to Sphinx then? Yeah. You uh, except there's no chat involved. You're you're just streaming sats to them, oh, but it nice. is fully podcasting 2.0 compliance, hmm. which is what we're trying to be. The cutting edge of podcasting technology, always advancing, always moving forward. And if I was really smart, I'd have a foot pedal. So uh, just like Abel Kirby from Rare Encounter. So that way, every time we hit a new topic. Find a new chapter because I'm going to start working on that. We're, we're going, we're going fucking legit, y'all. Fucking behind the don't sleep on us. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, it would have, no, no, no. That's, that's funky. So he has like a little pedal that he hits for chapter switch. He uses it for the uh, cold opens, I believe. That's, Really fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think of it like a guitar pedal. Like you punch it. If I if I could do that, man, I should I should actually put all my vocals through a uh, a series of guitar pedals so that I can do wah and cutron and fuzz pedal and all this shit, you know? You need a talk box. <laughs> talk box. Man, I was just watching some great live Joe Walsh and uh, you know, he 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 was one of the first guys to really crush a, a talk box. I've always loved that sort of tech. I've always been fascinated by it. He does the Rocky Mountain way. You know? Yep. Uh, yeah. We got Peter Frampton, of course. Peter Frampton. Of course. Talk box man. Yeah, the two of them. I think they were on tour together at one point, and the both of them were like, oh, God, we both use a talk box. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's do another scream mail. We got one in the can. Sweet. Let, let's do that. Aye. 
Hey yo. Ai. Hey yo. Ai. <laughs> Ai. Now that's fresh. Ai. It's a. I'm wondering if that's not one of the seven dwarves. That that's kind of that's the sort of vibe that I got going. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the dwarf. Yeah. Ai. <laughs> oh yes well just remember to tell snow white jet fuel can melt steel beams hey oh yeah yeah hey snow white dub t7 won't go away <laughs> biatch <laughs> oh my god I feel like if we ever see each other in real life, in real person life, we just have to make that noise. If we don't, because none of us know what each other look like. Yeah. So someone in the middle of the bar just goes, "Aye, aye," and then you have ten other people go, "Aye," aye. and then it's a. <laughs> <laughs> we can all find each other in the dark. Uh. I. I, I have a, a, a suspicion of where that came from, and I just want to say, even if it didn't come from them, uh, I just want to thank Bull After Bull for uh, being a Freaks of Hazard on tonight's show. Uh, they just had their third child, and the fact that they have the energy and the attention span to be like, oh, behind the schemes, we should say hi, is like incredible to me. So thank you. Yes, it is. Extravaganza! of goodwill I think they're very very lovely and wonderful people and I am glad to include them in the roster of people that I give a fuck about (laughs) and I'm so glad to welcome John Winston into the maybe baby group welcome me and Carblains and Joe and all kinds of people we're we're is the the end of May birthday group is a good group to be part of Memorial Day weekend. And good I choice. Think, I don't think I've ever heard of a more fucking cowboy name in person. John Winston. Yeah, I hope I hope that I hope that motherfucker. I mean that in the best way possible. I hope he grows up to be known as John Winston Wolf of or Wolf Pup of KC. That would be. Well, there's one thing a wise man once told me, and that's mamas. Don't let your boys grow up to be cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. <laughs> you know whose name was John Winston? Was John Winston Lennon. Uh, wait. John that... Lennon. Oh, shit. His middle name was Winston. I did not know that. Yeah, and he... The Beatles had uh, a number of alter egos throughout their career when they were like trying to be anonymous. And uh, Paul famously was Paul Ramon when he would check into hotels. And that's where the Ramones got their name. Right, 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 right. And John Lennon had his alter ego, which was Winston Leg Thigh. (laughs) 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 And when he did the rock and roll circus with the Stones... They did this great, one of the greatest and worst rock and roll shows of all time was the Rock and Roll Circus. It was hosted by the Rolling Stones. This is in like the early 70s. And it had John Lennon, 
Mitch Mitchell, the drummer for Jimi Hendrix, the Jimi Hendrix Experience, all the Stones, and they had Eric Clapton, all of them in one show. And all of them were on so much heroin, so much heroin, and they were so weird for the whole show that they didn't release this for like 30 years. Jesus. And and now you can find it. But it's so bizarre. John calls himself Winston Legthigh. Mick Jagger talks in an American accent the whole time for no reason. (laughs) I I would highly recommend it. It's it's a fascinating little thing. Hell yeah. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. The John Winston tangent, it gets me going. We're second half of show, so I'm drinking now, and I'm just, you know, you know how it is. I'm trying to think if there was any other impertinent uh, caller voicemail. 612-263-79999. We're looking for a couple more screams for tonight. And you don't have to scream. You can just say hi. That is true. You can wish me a happy birthday. Heyo. Which would just make me pink and tickle me. How about how about give us your best Marilyn Monroe rendition for Yield Lavish over here, the birthday boy? <laughs> Boo Berry on my birthday sent me the highest quality clip of that I've ever seen, <laughs> <laughs> and it even had John uh, John F Kennedy's response to it, which was basically, "Well, now I can retire." <laughs> <laughs> I should have brought it here now that I'm thinking about it, but I uh, maybe yeah. Maybe yeah, go find it. <laughs> go find yourself. <laughs> go find yourself. Hey, stay safe. <laughs> go find yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go stay safe and go find yourself there, bud? Lordy. Oh, Lordy. Well, now that we've had our laughs, uh, we're going to... Blueberry, wait, hold on. One last thing. Is it your birthday in July? That is correct. 28th? July 28th is your birthday. Yes. And if anybody just wants to keep that in mind for two months, that's all. Okay, I'm done. Uh Oh, wait. Oh, wait. There's one last thing that I want to share that's off topic, but it's so amazing. The CDC is like this whole governmental body with scientists and shit that just tell us what to do. You don't have to think about it, dude. You don't have to think about it, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's the. <laughs> School is a place where they just teach things. You don't have to think about it. Oh, man. I. That one, that one means so much to me that I've included it into the permanent button board for the show. Mm. Good stuff. Mm. Yes, Servo, oh. indeed. OMFG, Ethan Klein. Ethan Klein. Yeah. Oh, Servo's birthday is between now and then. If he wants to let us know when his birthday is, uh, someone might keep it in mind. Birthday spank ends. <laughs> Fucking birthdays are great. Uh, by the way, little uh, just before we get into it, a little station ID. We are Behind the Schemes. We are a value for value podcast. It's hosted by Mr. Boo Berry and myself, Lavish. And uh, we do this purely because we 
feel very strongly about the information we're presenting. We like to be one of many, but uh, one indeed that talks about this sort of stuff. And we can only do that on a value-for-value model where we are publicly supported by whoever wants to support us. We have no ads. We have no corporate ties whatsoever. And that is the only way that I am able to call Bill Gates a slug and a piece of shit on the air. And so that is my <laughs> that is my two cents. Uh, could, could you hit me with the Bill Hicks? <laughs> Do a commercial. You're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore. And uh, end of story. Yeah. End of fucking story. Hell yeah. Value for value. It's the only way. This is the way. This is the way. There is no other way. You want to listen to some bullshit on Spotify that they fucking made in a lab somewhere they push on you? Fuck that. You want to listen to real radio, underground shit, overground shit, doesn't matter. You want the real thing? You you came to the right place. And, uh, uh, and there are a lot of amazing programs on the No Agenda stream that are doing the same thing. So please... Uh, if you like this stuff, you don't have to send us money. You can just you can just call in. You can just call in and say, "Hey, what's up?" And that means just as much. So thank you very much for listening. Hell yeah, we appreciate all of you freak freaks of hazards and listeners and true deniers. That's right. Loveislit.com. Loveislit.com. Dot com. Get love. Get love. Love behind the squeams. <laughs> Extravaganza. <laughs> I actually got two of them. Extravaganza. Yeah. <laughs> From the ever popular Sunday Carblands dance party extravaganza. Hell yeah. Uh let's let's get into this uh first clip here. For the BC News. The statement itself that you referenced, Laura, it does mention this is developing. There's a lot more study to come here. But what do we know about this former school and the children who attended it? Yeah, we don't know too much at this point about the identities of these bodies, where uh, these remains we are hearing have been found. But what we have been told by the First Nation uh, is that there could have been uh, some 500 students from across BC and further beyond at the school at any one time. And it was one of the largest schools in the residential school system. It was run by the Catholic Church from 1890 through to 1969. Then the federal government took it over, ran it as a day school until it closed in 1978. Uh, we have seen a response from the federal government to this yesterday. We saw a tweet from Indigenous Services Minister Mark Miller, uh, who said that he's been in touch with Kazmir, the chief of this First Nation. You see the tweet on your screen there, uh, offering the government's support and as you mentioned, Heather, right now a lot of questions, not a lot of answers we've heard from the First Nation. Uh, some details, but they haven't yet laid out what the next steps in this process might be, but they say they plan to give updates as it moves along. Laura, thank you, and you'll be watching that for us, I know. Laura McQuillan. Played that one out of order. My apologies. Oh, so, hey. Something was weird, but uh, yeah, that, that pretty much encapsulates it. They sent out a team to start doing some uh, pinging the ground to see what was underneath. Um, 
all around just a really fucking horrible and horrifying story. Uh, I was not familiar with the residential schools until I had seen it trending on Twitter of all places. Um, And I saw the story and was just, uh, it's just so fucking gross. Um, I've included a link. It's a, some sort of Canadian encyclopedia I, I didn't have as much time as I was hoping to 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 get super deep to pull stuff from it, but uh, it's it fucking captures it all uh, just from what I was able to check out. So be sure to circle back on that. Check it out in the show notes. Um, do you have yeah, any- keep in mind that this sort of thing still goes on today? Not not at the not at the level of the systemic level that it was once, but. It it does carry itself through in a small way in the uh, foster system. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is very dark, and it's something that people really don't like to talk about. Um, but you know, we're here to talk about it. I mean, I don't I don't want to talk about uh, you know. I got a veterinarian friend who talks about all the gross things she does to dogs all day. I don't want to hear that. It's not my thing. I have a I have a stomach for the dark things about governments. <laughs> right. You know. Actually now thing. now that I think about it, Mo Facts, I forget the uh the author that he was talking to he had a really good conversation about that pipeline to prison from foster homes. Mm-hmm. Uh it's not that old. I think it came out last month. It's it's on his YouTube and um if if anybody out there is is curious about learning more in that regards, I mean it's uh, it's a thing. Um, it's a thing, and it's it's a very uncomfortable topic, but it's very real, and it plays a large part in some of the things that we talk about. And it's it's a very real and a very um, historically prevalent thing when we talk about elites when we talk about what what certain people can do if they have the desire and we're not talking about yeah maybe maybe i'm going off on a tangent here because what we're talking about is something that happened a long time ago i don't really know all the details of this british columbia massacre i mean it could have just been a mass grave where they dumped poor people uh didn't necessarily have to be a massacre event but even so it's just something that people people say, you know, how can you do this to kids and stuff? You know, it would be in the news. People would talk about it. Well, nobody talks about it if you if somebody does something to you, but you don't have anybody. You don't have a family. You don't have, or you're from a broken familial system that's rooted in hundreds of years of your Native American family being, you know, oppressed and and broken. And uh, it is something. Like I said, I'm part Native American, so I definitely care a lot about this sort of a thing. Indigen- the, the, tre- the poor treatment of indigenous peoples is, is a massive injustice, and it always has been, and it always will be. So you got to call it out when you see it. At, uh, there, there was a report five years ago by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission uh, said that at least 3,200 children had died amid abuse and neglect. And it said it had reports of at least 51 deaths at the Kamloops school, which is the one they're talking about here in this clip between 1915 and 1963. So that's one death a year 
roughly of abuse. Yeah. And, uh, we're, we're, this is not for, uh, light material by any means. Again, just cause some of the stuff that, that these people had to fucking go through is it's gross and disgusting and just totally de- dehuman, uh, dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we like to have a lot of fun here and behind the schemes, but we like to get real every now and again. So this is, this is real. Well, it's, um, I, I've got, uh, I, I think these are the last two intro ones. Good evening. Mi Jung is off tonight. We begin with a heartbreaking discovery, almost too horrific to comprehend. The remains of 215 children, some as young as three years old, have been found buried near Canada's largest former residential school in Kamloops. Today, emotional reaction is pouring in from Indigenous leaders and residential school survivors. At a warning, the details are disturbing and may be triggering for some viewers. CTV's Allison Hurst reports from Kamloops. The investigation is still in its infancy as the community is still learning more details about the disturbing discovery. But the idea that remains were here has long been spoken of, but not documented. Buried near the former Kamloops Indian Residential School, a heartbreaking discovery. The remains of 215 children. It was devastating. It was, it was actually quite mind-boggling. And... Um, brought some of us to tears. Some as young as three years old. What was heard was, and what they were told was that um, when children were missing, that they were told they ran away. I felt uh, for all of the students that I went to school with, and then I felt for all of the parents who missed their children and they never came home, uh, all of those little ones who were buried with no dignity at all. Again, that's another, that's another, uh, for me with the kids, at least the parents being told that the children ran away. Cause I feel like that, that's something that parallels a lot with the foster system totally with runaways. And that contributes a lot to that, uh, 600,000 kids every year that go missing. Right. Um, And that's a great stat. The 60,000 a year that go missing. 60,000 children a year. I mean, if they were to treat, you know, talking about vaccines and COVID, right? How, mm-hmm. you know, however th- many thousands of people they say die a month or whatever, is it, is it, comp- you know, you compare it to something like that, you put up a stat like that. Well, do you give a shit about the 60,000 kids that disappear that are from broken homes that have parents that don't care about them or they were born, you know, under shitty conditions and they're giving up and and they're just completely subject to to the state system which I can tell you from experience if you really get deep into you know the state system of of you're put through a program where you have no power the more and more they dehumanize you um, if you've ever been in jail I mean, jail is a great example. Just, you know, if a lot of people have been to jail, if you've ever been to jail, you'll understand just how quickly you turn from a person into a worthless bag of meat that only exists to do exactly what you're told and to, you know, not make any stink and to just sit there and rot as long as they decide that you're going to do that and they can forget all about you. They don't care about you. 
you know it's it's a sad system indeed uh but we're talking about it so you know we're helping in our own way i guess <laughs> but yeah we'll finish uh finish this set of clips off the remains were found by the Tecumloops Tusek Wetmik band using ground penetrating radar. We want this to come to resolve. We want people to know that this history is real. The loss of the children is real. The residential school was Canada's largest and closed in 1978. The beatings that people used to get. Jeanette Jules went there. You hear clunk, 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 clunk up the stairs. And it's one of the security guards. And then you start hearing whimpers. And the whimpers are because here's the guy that molests people. This discovery reopening old wounds of the horrifying treatment of indigenous children. Our little ones were put, put on cattle trucks and brought to the school. And de-loused and separated from their own family. And, you know, it's heartbreaking. And brings even more questions. If it happened here, you know, has it happened at the other Indian residential schools? Because this was, uh, you know, something that, you know, uh, a mass grave like that, that was never marked, never kn never known. And all of a sudden, you know, in, in May of uh, uh, 2021, uh, uh, it's been discovered. At the memorial, signs and flowers are left as everyone navigates the painful path forward. These are the preliminary results. The band is still waiting for its official report. The coroner service is assisting in the investigation. Also the Uyghurs. Mm -hmm. The Uyghurs. Yep. The other thing reminds me of. Yep. It reminds me of the Armenian situation, the Armenian genocide at the hands of the Russian government, or the, um, sorry, the Soviet Union. Um, yeah, all kinds of things, man. Uh, it's a strange thing. So the next series of clips, it's all just uh, different um, retellings of some of the stuff that was experienced. Two of them are... I'm sorry. We don't we don't have to go too deep into it. I mean we could play a few, but Oh yeah. It's one We don't need to harp on abuse too much. <laughs> There's seven of them. Okay. Um we'll, well let's do the one about the cam loops at least. Eighty four year old Emma Baker joins me on the phone right now from Stellar, British Columbia. She attended the Cam Loops residential school from grade nine to twelve. Emma, thank you so much for giving me your time today. You're welcome. What is going through your mind? What went through your mind when you heard of this horrific discovery? Uh, it made me very emotional. And uh, I cried a lot all day yesterday. I can only imagine. And we understand that you had heard rumors about this mass grave when you were a student there. Yeah, I was, I was a student there. We didn't react too much uh, with, uh, with the lower grades. You know, like we were in grade 12. Mm -hmm. We all lived in the same building. And, and uh, there was rumors of, uh, of uh, a, a graveyard. But nobody seemed to know where it was. 
And uh, we didn't even know if it was true. And there was a big orchard there, and uh, we used to make up stories about the graveyard being in the orchard. Mm. But, well, uh, what was your experience like at the school? You were there from grade 9 to 12. I, I know it, it was... It was good and not good, but mm -hmm. it was tolerable, uh, you know, but uh, but being locked up was, it was like being in jail. Yeah. We weren't allowed to go anywhere. And uh, if our family wanted to visit, they could do that once a week. Uh, it was the same at the Lejac Residential School where I started. Mm -hmm. uh, See, that's no crisis actor. You know? Right. Yeah. That's real. I, I agree fully, totally. Um. My uh, grandfather grew up in a in a boy's home in an orphanage uh, in Southern California. And he talks about it in a similar vein. It was very militaristic. It was very um, tough. But he learned from it and he became a tough guy and he, he made it, he had success later in life. Um, but he tells me all, all the time about his experiences at, at an institution like that. And that's just the nature of the beast, you know? Yeah. Uh, one of the general themes that I kept seeing was it was literally to not, I shouldn't say literally. It was to train the culture out of the kids. Uh, to assimilate them into quote unquote American culture for sure. Canadian American. Yeah. Canadian, Canadian culture, whatever the, whatever the, yeah, my, my grandfather was, was Mexican. And, uh, when he was a kid, he, he could speak Spanish. And then by the time he got out of the orphanage, he couldn't speak Spanish anymore. Jesus, that's fast. Well, he grew up there from, from a young age, uh, going into high school, but yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the principle of it. It's a it's a regimented system, and it's based on whatever culture that it's at. And if you have another culture, that's beaten out of you. Well, thankfully, Justin Trudeau offered an apology. Oh, good. Yeah, and uh, we'll see how far we make it through this one. Saying that we are sorry today is not enough. It will not erase the loneliness you have felt. It will not undo the harm you have suffered. He smirks the entire time. It will not bring back the languages and traditions that you have lost. It will not take away the isolation and vulnerability you felt when separated from your families, sounds like Nick communities, and cultures. It will not repair the hardships you endured in the years that followed as you struggled to recover 
from what you experienced in the schools and move forward with your lives. But today, I'm here to tell you, on behalf of the government of Canada and of all Canadians, that this burden is one that you no longer have to carry alone. Oh, he's going to break. It is my sincere hope. Here comes the Obama tear. You can finally get some closure. That you can put your inner child to rest. That you can finally begin to heal. <laughs> the treatment of Indigenous children in residential schools is a painful chapter of Canada's history that we must acknowledge and confront. For too long, it's a chapter we chose to skip, a chapter we chose to leave out of our textbooks and our story. Out of shame, out of denial, Canadians and their government have turned a blind eye on this story because it runs, runs counter to the promise of this country and the ambition of its people. It's time for Canada to acknowledge its history for what it is. Flawed, imperfect, and unfinished. It's time for us to recognize our failings in tandem with our successes and live up to our principles we cherish and ideas, ideals, we hold. Speaking of unfinished business, I got all these vaccines here for the next 10 years I'm going to load you up in the arms with. Oh, yeah, buddy, don't you know? Jesus. I have friends, I have Canadian friends outside of the no agenda community, and I've got a shitload of Canadian friends in the no agenda community. But outside of the community, even them, even they are like, dude, this, this, this country is fucked. <laughs> like, oh, God. I have a you running, just, I have a running. You fry a blooming onion in the grease that you could get off this slimy fuck. You know what I mean? Is Ugh, it, anyway, is it sorry. racist to go as Justin Trudeau dressed in blackface for Halloween? If you're like, I'm specifically Justin Trudeau. From this time frame. Or would that be an issue? That might be an issue. Yeah, it's an issue. Damn. Well. Sorry. We'll do it next year. Sorry, the fucking Prime Minister of Canada was the only motherfucker that was allowed to get away with it. (laughs) I'll post an Eddie Cantor clip from the 30s later. Show you what real blackface is. But yeah. Funny enough. Do you have any idea who didn't want to apologize for this? Uh, was it a certain senile, brain-dead leader of state of a certain country? Pope Francis will not come to Canada to apologize for his church's role in the infamous residential school system. More than 150,000 Indigenous children attended those schools. Many of them say they and their families were traumatized by the system. Many were sexually and physically abused by teachers and staff. 
The Roman Catholic Church was in charge of about two-thirds of those schools. CBC's Evan Dyer is on the story from Ottawa. Why no apology from the Pope, Evan? Well, Suhana, the Catholic bishops through the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops put out a letter uh, in which they said that this apology won't be forthcoming, but the letter is a little short on the reasons why. Uh, it does say that the Pope is aware that the Truth and Reconciliation Committee asked for this apology. It says he takes that request seriously, and of course, Prime Minister Trudeau traveled to Rome last year and he added a personal request of his own that the Pope give an official apology. Uh, but it goes on, and let's have a look at some more of what this letter says. It goes on to say, as far as call to action 58 is concerned, the request for an apology, after carefully considering the request and extensive dialogue with the bishops of Canada, he, Pope Francis, felt that he could not personally respond. It does go on to say that he encourages the bishops to have local initiatives aimed at reconciliation, but there won't be a big official Vatican apology, it appears. Sincerely, stay safe, XOXO the Pope. Yeah, well, what else is new from that guy? They looked at it and they were like, "What? How many deaths? Three hundred? Uh, yeah, that's in the G list category. <laughs> yeah. uh, as far as things that were <laughs> we've been accused of, massacre-wise. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, this is definitely something I want to pay a little more attention to because uh, I've caught. Jello Biafra talking about uh, there seem, seems to be something similar going on in Utah with a, a, fun, a hardcore fundamentalist Christian school church deprogramming facility. Mm. Um, I'm a little less uh, eager, I think, to jump at everything that Biafra says these days, but right. I, think, I think Paris Hilton's got a documentary coming out about it, too. Uh, oddly enough, Paris Hilton. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's good. Yeah, I, I uh, seem to recall something with her, and uh, it was one of the adult actresses. Um, but both of them went on sort of a hashtag Save the Children tweeting spree. I <laughs> think maybe, maybe, maybe not so much Hilton. I can't speak as confidently yeah, on that one. It, and by adult actress, do you mean Jenna Jameson? Oh, oh yes, very famous, very very famous. Retired for many years now, actually. Yes, uh, according to people who tell me these things. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, there is good news. I would like to, if I may, add a little light into this subject because it is a dark topic and it is a bummer, but. It's getting better. It's always getting better. With the internet, with the awareness, with everything that's going on, just with the sheer amount of population and the amount of access that these people have. If you're being abused, you can expose it so much easier now than you could then. And that is, I think, a silver lining in all of this. That one of the good things about the internet, one of the good things about our phones that do spy on us and do manipulate us and control our lives in, in, a, in a large way, they also are a platform where you can get out this information. And if you are being abused, if you are in this terrible situation, you can find a platform for, for yourself to expose it. 
and I would highly, <laughs> highly uh, suggest that, that that's what goes on. I want that to happen. I want these evil fucking people to be exposed at every step. Hell yeah. So, so there you go. Well, there was one all-encompassing clip that this whole thing kept fucking bringing me back to. I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. Oh. <laughs> God, Reagan. <laughs> I, can't tell, like, I can't tell if that was good Reagan or bad Reagan. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was him trying to be good. That was libertarian Reagan. Yeah, I, the the rest of the clips that I have, I mean, it's um, it's all just more personal, detailed accounts of uh, different experiences. Um, there is a clip from a, there's a Vice series about this. Um, I've got one. It's a, a from the CBC, and he is one of the resident politicians talking about his experience. Um, a lot of it has to do with cutting of the hair as well. Um, okay. Well, would it be okay? We'll do this clip and then and then maybe move forward onto something else. Because I think we've covered the, the topic pretty thoroughly. Hell yeah. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm down to hear it. I'm down to hear this clip. It's, it's, it's one of three. It's listed in the, um, it's listed in the show notes. We, it's three clips? Yeah. And both of them are pretty long, or two of them are pretty long. I, I kind of did the thing again today. What's that? I, I pulled a lot of <laughs> stuff. <laughs> well, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being prepared. But I'm just saying, just right now, I think we've talked about this for a little while, and it's, you know, we've covered a lot of ground. If we keep going, we'll just bum ourselves out more. <laughs> that is <laughs> true. But... I mean, if you want to like preface the clips, I don't know. I, I would like, to, I would also like to genuinely talk about the Chinese artificial sun as well. So, well, how about I give you, how about I give you a teaser? Okay. I'll give you a teaser. We're, we're about at time. Um, oh, we're about at time. That's right. We are about at time. Yeah. But, um, let's do, let's do it straight, straight from the mouth. People will get burned up when too close to the sun. But there is a place hotter than the sun in this beauty. I'm Xu Yue with Xinhua News Agency. We're now in East China's Anhui province, where China's artificial sun is located. Today, a new world record might be born here. Scientists here is about to generate a temperature seven times as hot as the sun's interior and make it last for over 100 seconds. So now let's get inside and witness history. The artificial sun is officially called the Experimental Advanced Superconducting Tokamak, or EAST. The ultimate goal of EAST is to create nuclear fusion like the sun, using deuterium that abounds in the sea to provide a steady stream of clean energy. Anxiously 
anxiously for a day and night. I'm so excited to announce that East has just set a new world record of reaching an electron temperature of 120 million degrees Celsius for a period of 101 seconds. And that's that's one of many. It turns out. Mm, China, you sneaky fuck. <laughs> well, this has been another fabulous Moon Days filled. <laughs> moan Days filled. Yes, we a lot of moaning and a lot of uh, and a lot of uh, grunting, and there's a lot of fluids. Yeah, definitely, definitely watch where you lean on the wall. Don't want to flip that switch again. Don't do that. Hey, love you so much. Don't just just take care of yourself out there. It's crazy. It is. It's crazy times indeed. Lunacy abound. Email us behind the schemes at protonmail.com. Send us something. We'll check it out. You can send us audio clips of you cursing, and we'll play it on the air. And uh, you can call us at our fantastic stream line, 612-263-7999. SXXY. We'll play it on the air. Uh... Check us out in the green room. Hashtag green room on the IRC chat, uh, zero node network, which is graciously provided to us by Mr. Void Zero, uh, Mark, who is in the Netherlands. Uh, we have a lot of people working on this. People from all over the world. This is a global effort, and we are doing big, big shit, people. So please uh, be part of the movement. Be part of the. Be part of this beautiful thing that we are. We are interacting in. Thank you again to our freaks of hazard for tonight, Paul after Paul, Sir Spencer, Dame DeLorean, and Servo. Thanks, guys. I've been Booberry, Mothman, and the Mini Ocalypse. And I have been lavish. Dude, oh shit. We got a metal dude coming on next week. Oh fuck, that's right. We have the lead singer from the band Aftermath joining us, and we're going to be talking about his new concept album. That's a little Dimension A. Oh, thank God. Uh, it's heavy shit. Uh, so definitely stay t- stay tuned for that. It'll be the same time next week. Um, Aftermath. Uh, look them up. Shit, I should have had that pulled up already. They're a great band. They've been around for a long time. That is true. And I'm only stalling because I forgot to pull up Sir Spencer's note that he emailed. (laughs) Because I am a consummate professional. Sir Spencer said, a happy belated birthday to Lavish. Keep pulling the curtain back on those schemes, fellas. Love, Lorian and Spencer. Hey, freaks. 
Hell oh, yeah. thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. We're going right. to burn this fucking curtain into dust. That's it. Do it next time. Next week, 930. Well, yeah. Fuck yeah.